Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name's Alan. I'm Josh. And we are here. And so let me like throw this out, man. The ep- So I've, I've messed everything up. So, you know, we had season one last year and I started season two. Well, I guess six, seven weeks ago, I wasn't paying attention. So I've been adding all of our new episodes into season one. And so just if anyone's confused about that, I literally just it hit me the other day. And some episode, there, there's like two episode 15s right now, you know. So uh, I, I'm numerically challenged um, in some concepts, but uh, I, I'm gonna fix it and try to get it all in order. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, we're we're excited. We're wrapping up spiritual gifts today. I mean, we've been at this I don't know how many weeks now, but it's just been awesome. It's been worth it. And I, I mean, I've learned a lot more about these gifts yeah. by like hearing us talk about them. Um, hearing what you two have to say, your points about, I mean, it's really just like iron sharpens iron kind of yeah. moment uh, of coming together. Um, but the cool thing too, is like, we're coming to this conclusion, but I hope that like our listeners are encouraged and maybe they've learned something, uh, for themselves about this. So hopefully when, when, uh, this is all said and done, we've covered a lot of the, uh, elements of the scripture but yeah. this is what I love about this this platform is that it's not just looking at information in the Bible. It's how that applies. How does this? How do we put shoes on that? How does it impact our church? How does it impact our lives? How does it impact our community? Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, there'll be folks that uh, have listened to this series that say, "Well, I'm not sure what my gift is, or what whatever the you know case may be." Yeah. That pushes them to a position that not does it only benefit them but it benefits their church and it benefits their community and it benefits the kingdom of god as a whole yeah and i mean believers christians need to be aware of these things in their lives i mean you don't have to know everything um you know it's like we had a conversation earlier um and brother jake was talking about um how some people just want everyone to know they're like smart and they know everything and like the con, the the idea though is like we don't have to know everything. Right. And I mean, some people in this world struggle with that, and that's what we were talking about. Um, because you know, even in like the, I guess the school realm, and I love school, but man, you know, there's a lot of great guys out there that their life reflects Christ, their convictions reflect Christ. And then I've heard a lot of guys that it's kind of like their knowledge reflects Christ, and that's great too. There's a place for that, but like. When it comes to these spiritual gifts, you know, I was telling the guys, you know, one of my uh, burdens and convictions is like, we should teach these things to believers, mm-hmm. old, young, however, like they should know how they're gifted by the spirit. I mean, that is a act of grace from God that he would equip us with spiritual gifts that can function in the church, but also, um, I mean, outside the church exactly. when, when you that, talk to people. And that spiritual development comes into where now that uh, I've, I've got that gift, I realize that God yeah. has blessed me and I have been gifted. I also have the right mindset, the right attitude, and the right position of service to where now it's not about me right. and not about getting recognition, but it's about using that to uplift the name yeah. of Christ yeah. and edify Him. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that so with those the, the um, 
the on the intellectual side of it the the thing is is that a believer even though that they're you know intellectually don't have an understanding of all mm-hmm. of it you know don't have all the answers through their life they can witness to others yeah they don't actually have to have an answer you know and i mean there's nothing wrong or shameful to say i don't know that answer but i can find out and take it and get either one from the word of god or take it to somebody that you know yeah. they can help you i mean that's what the body's for yeah. is you know many coming together in one body um but just the way that people live though i mean they can be very you know simple-minded if you will but through their life it could be a greatest testimony ever just because of the way that they live where they put their faith where they put their trust is in him yeah you know so it's not necessarily you don't have to have all the intellectual you know answers and be the you know the scholar if you will i mean because and that's um, the human side of us, too, because we can look at somebody and think, man, they never struggle. They never have problems. Right. They've got it all together. Huh. And you never know that yeah. behind the scenes, yeah. God's doing a work in their life, and maybe they'll have it. But they just, they understand, and they they handle it differently. Yeah. And it's it's not a big emotional over-the-top, woe-is-me type pageantry. And yet, God gets the glory out of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, you know... I think Scripture even talked about the Pharisees that you know they wanted to be well known, and he said they've received their reward. Yeah, yeah, but they also wanted the the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. and they and, and that's what like when you want men's praise and you get it. I mean, that's what that's saying. It's like yep. they got their reward. Yeah, they they're did. not worried about what comes in the afterlife. And, and here's the thing: like, I've, I you can be the smartest man in the world, smartest woman in the world, but if your faith's not strong, you're not moving mountains, right? right. He, he even said faith that can move mountains, right? Faith the size of a mustard seed that can look at this mountain and say move. Not literally like we can, uh, but we have to understand that like strong faith goes so much farther in oh, this yeah. life than a strong mental capacity of knowledge. And like, you know, I, I can, I'm not the smartest guy ever, but I remember like a point where I really focused on intellect, but I really didn't focus on my, you know, growing in my, my faith. And when my, and I've talked about this, when my knowledge came into deep doctrines of scripture, I was like, oh, man, something's not adding up here in my life. And it's because, you know, was I living my faith out? Yes. But was I growing Was I growing like I was supposed to? No. Why? Because I wanted the head knowledge. I wanted to know what the four kingdoms, right, Daniel? I wanted to tell you about uh, the Antichrist. I wanted to tell you about all of the parables. I wanted to do the, you know, here's this history, here's this history, this history. But it's like the Lord hit me one day, and he's like, yeah, this is great, right? I mean, knowledge is great. But if you're not going to practice your faith, right? Because right. sitting in the office and studying, that's great. But, like, I wasn't getting outside the walls. I wasn't trying. To, you know what I'm saying? I got comfortable. And it's like this last week, you know, we went to a restaurant. Um, and we went to pay for our food. And there's some young people to the register. And I felt the Lord impress on me. You need to invite them to church. I was like, Okay. And when another wait, waitress walked up, and I walked up, I was like, well, I'll do it next time. So I leave, right? I come, I go to my office, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to rest for a second. Couldn't rest, right? Somebody, everything's interrupting me, and I'm like, okay, Lord, listen. You know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Just forgive me, and I'll be more sensitive next time. And it's like the Lord's like, no, there's no next time. Get back in your car and go back. So I did. And I went and I went inside, right? And I was like, Lord, this ain't about me. And had a good conversation. But that's the reality. It's like if you're not willing to live out your faith and let your faith grow and be affected and be challenged and grow and go fight temptation and get through, you're really not going to, 
in the sense growing your faith, you're just going to collect some some knowledge. And that's like, you know, um, people are like, well, Hunter, but I, I know Noah. I know this. I know this. So I'll say this. Satan knew Scripture too. Yeah. So we can't use the th- idea of, well, I know the story, so I'm a Christian. Mm. No, demons believe. Right. Satan knew Scripture. And you might be saying, are you saying I'm Satan? No, I'm not. I'm just saying like, there's a time where like we can learn and we can learn and we can learn and our cup can be full, but if we're not willing to pour that out yep. into other people, then you know we we can become people of you know you simple ones. How long will you live in simplicity? And you know that's kind of like a conviction I have on my life right now is you know I feel like the Lord's like you know great you know you've studied great you know the but like you need to get outside. You've got to make your faith practical, and so you know in different ways in the last few weeks. You know, th- things have changed, right? The Lord's challenged me. You know, I reached out to a guy that I went to high school with. Why? Just because God told me I need to apologize to him. Because I had a bad, I left a bad taste in his mouth when we left and went separate ways. And that was five years ago. But why? Because God told me to. Why? Because I want my faith to become practical. Mm-hmm. I want to live out Scripture in my life. I want to be here in a doer. And, you know, when it comes to these spiritual gifts, I think, you know, Josh and Alan, you know, they kind of hit on, like, you don't have to, Know all the things. You don't have to be the smartest person. But if you'll take time and realize, I have this gift. And you're like, I'm going to press it. right? I'm going to go into it further. Uh, I'm going to make it more practical. That's what we're called to do. And, and I want to kind of start this out. I wanna, I'd like to read Romans 12. And I think I did last week a little bit. Um, so if this is some of the same scriptures, that's okay. That's okay. So just listen to this. So this is Romans 12, verse 3. Um, and... This is the NASB version. I went blank for a second. It says this. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Verse 4. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually parts of one another. However, since we have gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly, if prophecy in proportion to one's faith, if service in the act of serving, or the one who teaches in the act of teaching, or the one who exhorts in that work of exhortation, and the one who gives with generosity, the one who is in leadership with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And then from there, it starts talking about doing it all out of love. But this I, this chat, this section of Scripture came to my mind because I was like, what a better way to wrap this up than to kind of go back to this idea that we are the body of Christ. So, you know, just as the body has many members, right? The body of Christ has many members. He's the head, right? So think about it in this sense. Like, if me, Josh, and Alan are Christians, and we are. If we believe in Christ and we've been saved, right, we are the body of Christ. So Alan, right, Alan might serve in Guatemala, and he might do missions, okay? So let's kind of say he's the hand, right? That's stretching out. Josh might serve as um, a pastor in another state, right? So Josh might represent kind of that foot, in a sense, and, you know, I might be some sort of evangelist, right? That tra- And I might be, like, 
the kneecap, right? So think about it in this extent, like we're stretched across, but yet because it's one body, we all function. So like if a body were to walk, right? The hand is swaying, but the foot is also moving and the kneecap is functioning as the leg starts to bend and then straighten back out. So as a body functions and works significantly with each body part, Paul is now saying that's how the body of Christ works. And what I love is Alan might be gifted for evangelism, right? And he's out in Guatemala. Uh, Josh might be gifted with shepherding. I might be an evangelist, you know. But while I'm over here and Josh might be over here and Alan's way over here, God gives us our gifts, our place in the body to function. And the whole body of Christ is supposed to function as one organism. Now, division has like ruined a good idea of that but think about in your local church how does your funk how does your church function right is there division is there this or this or is it one sound body one of one mind one accord the same spirit moving together and so what i like about this is that i think there's two things we need to talk about is one being a functioning part of the body of christ now that's that's gonna be a good point right there for us to and then two Using our gift to edify the church. So guys, let's kind of start with that first one, right? Being a functioning member of the body of Christ. Now, you know, everybody can't answer this, but, you know, I'd like one of y'all to answer this. And let's kind of elaborate with and work with this. The first thing that's required to being part of the body of Christ is what? Salvation. And why is that important? Because it's, the, it's that, uh, that building block, that cornerstone, that... That beginning point that all the rest of these things hinge off of. As hard as uh, we like to think about life and, and troubles and, and trials, without that cornerstone, the Bible talks about that person that built their house on the sand with no foundation, and the first little poof of wind mm-hmm. blew it over, and it was a catastrophe. Great was the fall. Fell in a big old pile, big old bunch of rubble, right? But that house that was built with a strong foundation on that rock and it was anchored and the winds and the storms came yeah it was the same you didn't it didn't shelter him from the storm had to go through the storm but when the storm passed the house was still standing so that that concept of of of, uh, salvation man alive it is so crucial to not just service, but in life in general. Yeah, and so, Josh, mm-hmm. let's say someone's like, I'm saved, and I'm a part of this body of Christ, but they're truly not. Oh, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead, Josh. Go so, it, so I mean, how, how effective, you know what I'm saying, or how misleading is that or how what's the evidence right there right because alan just said it's by salvation yeah go ahead yeah so it it is by salvation but you have a lot of practical or practicing people that are practicing religion they are practicing a systematic theology um and it's basically a checklist however without the what alan mentioned without salvation they are doing it for self-gratification. They're doing it for a self-righteousness, uh, you know, um, basically uh, fire insurance. Um, and, and when we really look at it, I mean, 
why what is the greatest gift that we have received in this salvation why is it is it so we don't spend an eternity in hell no it's because we were sinful against god and he poured his mercy upon us and gave us the gift of salvation to understand who we were because without it we don't have that understanding so therefore without the understanding that only you can receive from god you can come with a head knowledge but there's a matter of the heart that is missing and lacking and you know the pharisees and sadducees both had head knowledge. Yeah. They knew the law, and they also knew how to twist the law to where they could live comfortably in their life and look righteous. And, you know, that's why that with the Sermon on the Mount, when when Jesus was addressing them, that's yeah. what he said, you know, I'm going to take it a step further. It's not even just the act of doing it, but if you think in the thought, yeah, we can't come to that place, though. He even told them that your, your righteousness has to exceed yes. the righteousness. The righteousness of the, of the, of, and that, that blew people's minds because the Pharisees were the most religious just, people yes. in the community. Yes. And you could look at them and see, ooh, it's yep. a Pharisee. Yeah. They're religious people. But here's one. And again, when, when, we, when we start talking about this whole topic, and we've been in a couple of months now. Yeah. I mean, literally, listeners, it's for the advancement of, of a lot of, the, of of your personal relationship with God, with your pursuit of Him, with the church that you attend, and that community, and and being uh, uh, in pursuit of Him in the sanctification process, and I, that salvation experience, again, grace plus faith. Yep, that's it. God's grace, my faith. Yep, equals salvation. Yeah, salvation always produces sanctification now there's a lot of people out there that say there's something you know what i'm saying that's not because just like again you said you had trouble with numbers but just like two plus two is always four yeah grace plus faith always equals salvation and salvation always equals sanctification yeah bottom line according to scripture according yeah to scripture and I, man i even try to google it and I, I can't get the wording right but i started thinking about that verse where it's almost like the disciples come to jesus and it's either they're, I can't, I'm thinking of two p- passages. It's either where they're like, look at all these things we've done, or it's where the woman, like, blessed is the womb. But Jesus basically said this. He's like, I tell you, just be happy you've been born again. And I can't, I'll look it up later on. But that's what I was thinking about was like, what's the greatest thing? And it's kind of like this, you know. So, you know, tonight during the ordination, there's going to be some questions that are going to be asked. And I, I, I got the privilege to look at them before just so they didn't ki- you know, they didn't want to catch me off guard. But it's kinda like there's like seventeen questions. And the first thing that came to my mind was are these- they're not they're not lollipops either. No. They're they're right down the gun barrel. I looked at them too. <laughs> and, and my but my whole thought was, are these practical in my life, every single one of them? Right? Because nope. here's the thing. There's two options. It's either you sit in front of people and try to show them how smart you are, or number two, you get real exactly. with your life. And it's number two. So here's the thing: when you talk, always about, number two. I mean, if you if you truly are going to live the life, yeah, that you are professing, it's always number two. Has to be because it could. Yes, it has to be because it really doesn't matter what you look like in front of man. Lofty words don't get you anywhere. Exactly. Nowhere. No, nowhere. And nowhere. here's here's the listeners: if you're if you're listening out of state, or if you're, you've stumbled across this podcast and you have no uh, what God's doing in our church. Uh, he he is moving. He's blessing. He's adding to. Uh, Hunter uh, is going to be ordained tonight, and uh, I know this is a, a, a time in his life where he is entering into it with uh, some healthy reverence and respect. And uh, we'll be uh, ordaining him tonight. And 
this is just, I think, the Word of God that we're talking about coming to life in fruition in front of our eyes. Hunter's gifted. God's blessed mm-hmm. him. He's got him in a position of service. He's called him. Hunter said yes. Here we go. He's being ordained tonight, and the ordination service will be tonight uh, during the evening service, and the, there'll be some questions. There'll be some, and it's not it's not like an interrogation. It's a opportunity for Hunter to share his faith with the rest of the. But that's where I was getting ready to go with that. Is these questions? I saw them, and I was like, "Are these practical in my life?" Like, if Scripture says to examine yourself, I was like, "I." Is this right? Because one of them's like, what's the evidence of sanctification in your life right now? And I was like, oh, wow. That's a big question, right? So is my first thing my physical actions, right? Now, are there things I've cut out of my life so I can be more like Christ? Absolutely, right? But that's not what gets me there. It's not my physical actions. And I think you said it, Alan. It's that reverence to realize that you're nothing Mm -hmm. without Christ. Yep. And, but that's the thing. It's like when you look at, when I look at those questions, the first thing should be, are these practical in my life? And that's where we, when we talk about these spiritual gifts or we talk about being a part of the body of Christ, we're not spiritual gifts yet, but the body of Christ, that's the question you should ask yourself. Is this practical in your life? And, and if your answer is no, then I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. You have an opportunity to be a part. And you're thinking, I've been a part of the church, Hunter. I've joined the membership. That don't get you in the body of Christ. No. Your your baptism doesn't get you into the body of Christ. And you said it, grace through faith. And I, there are people out there that might add a few things here and there. You know, faith, literally the Greek word and the definition, it talks about no actions. It's just belief, right? So some people might add things to that here and there. I'm not here to talk about that because I know people in all sorts of different denominations that are true believers because they realize it comes down to faith. But that's what gets you into the body of Christ. Yep. That's what gets you into that that holy calling, right? And I think there's a lot of people uh, that say they're a part of the body of Christ because their name's on a church roll mm-hmm. or they pay a tithe. Yep. And here's here's my thing, and, and this is the flesh in Hunter. I'm tired, right? I'm tired of people having to be told every week. It's not about your religion. It's not about the church role. It's not about your actions. I get tired of hearing that. Why? Because I know people are struggling with that. Yeah. I know people are sitting in that. And that's the flesh in me. And you're like, well, Hunter, what do you what do you what do you mean by that, right? I, I'm kind of ignorant to say such a statement. I'm tired of it. But here's the reality. I'm not mad at these people. I'm not angry with these people. I'm burdened for these people that they would open their eyes that it's not about your name. It's not about your position. It's like someone asked me one time, I heard him make the statement. They said, if God revealed to your loss, would you get your ministry to be saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I would rather be right with God, right? than to stand in some pulpit or some office or something. Why? Because when you get into sanctification, it's not about your title. It's not about who you are, your mama or your daddy. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to your personal relationship with Christ. Yep. And I'm telling you, it's like right, you know, a few weeks ago, I was walking down the hallway in the children's wing, and I said this phrase to this these group of kids. I said, "Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Right? Oh my gosh!" And this little girl says, "You shouldn't say that." Fifth grader. And I said, 
Why you say that? She said, you might as well just say the real thing, don't you think? She's like, you're substituting that. I was convicted. And so what have I been trying to do for the last three weeks? Not say that statement. Why does that matter, Hunter? Because I want to live right for God. Yeah. And if he convicts me about something like that, it's not little, it's big. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the other day I, I was playing golf and I got so frustrated and I kept saying it over and over. And I was like, you know what? If my anger right, or if my frustrations cause me to stumble so much, in the, then I don't need to complain anymore. Why? Because I don't want to say that phrase anymore. Because when I had a fifth grader call me out, right? That's big. Yeah. That, out, of the, the, uh, out of the mouth mm. of babes. Yeah. But the reality... It's whether it's your sanctification, your spiritual gift, or being a part of the body of Christ. It only comes through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Having uh, that, you know, once you put your faith in Jesus, the baptism, right? That's key. And so once we talk about all those things, the, the, the beginning, we, we, we've established where the beginning is. Yeah. And why that is so important is we, we look at spiritual gifts and we look at some of the setbacks that today's churches are going through with uh, hierarchy and with pride and with, uh, you know. They need to read Romans 12. Well, and here, here we go. When we get down to the, the river meets the road, that, that foundation being salvation, mm-hmm. that, that portion then allows that spiritual growth to where that love comes in that he, we talked about, you know, and we can't do anything so, without, without that love in our heart. And we can't even love, we can't even love the right way until he teaches us how to love. Yeah. Exactly. And when, once that happens, okay, now we've got the building block down, the, the, the foundation portion, the starting block, salvation, and we're developing. Now our heart becomes tender. Our heart becomes sensitive. He's loving us. He's showing us how to love. And in all of this process, he's revealing. Okay, now you're you have a talent, you have a gift, you have a yep. you have something that I've blessed you with. Here's what I want you to do. I'm being sensitive. I'm listening to his voice through the Holy Spirit. Teach me, and then I'm obeying. We talked mm-hmm. about it. Obeying obedience. Yeah, it's better than sacrifice. Just by listening and obeying the Holy Spirit. That is so honorable. That is so holy. That is so. Uh, beneficial when it comes to uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Having the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit with a heart full of love, motivated out of position of love. And again, uh, I refer to Corinthians chapter 13 a lot, but it talks about having these gifts. He says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge and though I have the all faith, that I can say uh, that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, it's no profit. Profit's nothing. If I ain't got love in my heart, if I'm just putting on a show, saying, oh, look at me, I'm a martyr. Look at me, I'm on a a stick getting, you know what I'm saying? They're burning me at the stake. A lot of people would say, oh, that's an honorable way to die, to sacrifice your mm-hmm. life for your faith. But if I'm doing it so that people will recognize me, right. 
You've got your yeah. reward. Yeah, you, you got to be Steve, and you got to be looking up to the heavens <laughs> and saying, you know, don't hold this at their charge. You yes. know? That's that's where it really separates that's, the true love of Christ. That's when, the love of God yes. showing forth out yes. of a human being. Exactly. Right. Yes. And 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 when I, when you were talking, that's what I was thinking about. Like when you were saying we're doing it in love. I'm the witness. It's not about our uh, winning an argument, especially with the lost. Exactly right. It's 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 showing them love. You know, using the word of God, not changing the word of God, keeping it for what it was meant to say. But we got to do it in love. We can't do it in a thing of where I'm right, you're wrong, and you know, to where it's a sense of arrogance about ourselves. It's that humility and that sense of love that yep. when we look upon them, like Hunter said, it's 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 not that we turn them out. It's that we our heart hurts for them yep. because they truly are lost. They don't know where the style, the lifestyle that they're living in. And that's the thing about it. When like, so when we do witness, we have to set our pride aside. We have to say. And the thing is, is that when we start explaining and we are talking to somebody and sharing the word of God with them, we got to keep in mind too that just because we know all the stories and we know how they interconnects and stuff, they might not. So when we start talking, we use a situation or a story out of the Bible. They might look at us a little bit cross, or you know, like confused. Fear is a great thing that keeps people away. You know, because you're sitting there witnessing and they might be like, oh, I'm not going to say I don't know this because, you know, maybe everybody should know it. Prime example. What about Sunday school classes? What about, you know, small groups? What about, you know, just sitting in the auditorium on during a service, you know, where people are sitting there and they're talking, you know, and openly discussing. If you don't have that information, you might have fear to say anything because you don't want to look. And that's why it's key that we show humility. Yeah. That, you know, yes. to, to show humility that, you know, that because you want to make everybody that comes through the church building to feel welcome. Yeah. At whatever education level of the of the word, whatever they are in their walk, you know, if they are a babe, you know, grab a hold of them, bring them up. If they're not and they're truly lost and they're stuck in religion, you know, show them that it's not about yeah. the religion. It's about Christ. Yeah. And, you know. I can't help but, first off, thank God that he would allow me to learn these things through the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about, you know, being a part of this body of Christ or, you know, figuring out, and it's kind of like, you know, I think of two things. He said that he'd exalt the humble. Josh said humility. But number two, Proverbs would even say the beginning of knowledge is fear, right? Fear is the beginning of knowledge. And it's like, the reverential f- fear, right? This makes me think about when you go into like like in, in Luke or Matthew, when you read about uh, the Sermon on the Mount or in, in the section later on when the disciples are like, John taught his disciples how to pray, you teach us, right? So Jesus is like, okay, pray like this. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's like a lot of people say that, but here's here's my question. Do you know what the word hallowed means, listeners? Uh, even us in this room, I, I came across that once. And it's like, how in the world can we teach people to pray like this, or why it's important if I don't even know what this means? So, hallowed is a reverential fear and acknowledgement of God, and so I started thinking, man, when Isaiah or Moses or any of these men came in contact with the Lord, and they fell on their face or they fell on their knees, and they would have this idea of, for I'm a man of unclean lips, or I'm not worthy. See, when we can look at God 
from the perspective of falling before Him, right? And looking upward, in a sense, and acknowledging you're holy, you're good, you're sovereign, you're creator. That's what hallowed means, respecting His name. And I love it because when Jesus starts that off, He's like, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, so recognizing where He is, hallowed be your name. Before he says anything else, what has he already done? Gave reverential fear and respect to God, as we should. And, you know, a lot of people can get into arguments about how we should pray and what things should sound like in this or this, right? If your heart and your mindset is not in that uh, angle, right, of like, God, I see you where you are, I acknowledge you as holy, then you're not going to be able to humble yourself before him correctly. And even when it comes to, like right here in Romans 12, um, I say to everyone among you to not, th- to, think, to not think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith, and that's where, like, I'll be the first one to admit this because one thing, listen, one thing that I've loved and I'm so encouraged by is like we've got young people in this church right now. They're coming forth and they're like, so let me tell you all about this. This is powerful. So last Monday night, we're talking about the Pharisees and how they struggled with, they, well, they didn't struggle, they didn't want to be exposed, right? And I was like, people who don't want to be exposed have a problem because they're going to be the first ones to say, no, I'm good, right? Nothing's wrong. My life's good. But the Bible also says, the one who says he has no sin, he lies. Yep. And the truth's not in him. So we start talking about that, and I opened up. I was like, you know, I, I was exposed to lustful and sensual things, like fifth grade. I was like 10, right? TV, MTV, I came on at night, and I was like, what's, it all? Whoa, what's this? What are they? You know what I'm saying? So I was exposed to that. But you know what happened next? We had a brother who never talks. I'm not going to say everybody's name. And he goes, he, he kind of looked at me, and he's like, hey, so-and-so's got to say something. I was like, okay. And so I told our small group leader, I said, hey, he's got to say something. So he's like, all right, everybody, shh. And you know what he said? He goes, I've never told anybody this in my whole life, but I met with one of our pastors yesterday, and God's been convicting me about my lifestyle. He's like, and I've been doing ungodly things. I, I don't respect women right. I watch things on my phone. And he's like, and I've never told anybody about all that. He said, but I've I've let go. And he's like, I'm letting go, and I'm praying about these things, and I want to be delivered, and I want accountability. And he said, and I know I don't talk a lot, but he's like, I want to share that with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Good for him. Good for him. You know what happened? He got It got quiet. A girl that's only been, she's new. She goes, can I say something? She's shaking. She said, I'm struggling right now. And she started talking about her life. Someone else goes, I'm struggling too right now. Someone else said, I'm struggling too right now. Right? Next thing you know, people are confessing their sins and sharing their burdens with one another. Why? Because they need help and they want prayer. Yep. Yep. And so when you come to this church... And you can only get there, though, through humility, though. Because if it's pride is standing in the way, you're never going to speak up and say, I need help. Right. And that's where I, and that and that goes with this. Like I love being at this church, but I, I love my relationship with Christ because, you know, I used to have an issue of like I don't want people to know my my business. Now I w- I do say this: Are there some things that are between me and God? Absolutely, and they're going to stay there. Why? Because that's between me and Him. 
but I'm transparent about my life and my testimony. And, you know, so when I think about, you know, Scripture, or I think about this, or I think about this, and, you know, I was talking about the, you know, the Pharisees struggled with, you know, it happens. I've been there. I've been the person I can, no, I don't want to talk about it, right? But this transparency, right, that we can have where we can talk about our burdens and this and this and pray for one another, right, that comes from this idea of, like, do not think yourself higher than anyone else. Right. Exalt your brother higher than yourself. And here's the thing. If I never would have actually started practicing that and praying that God would help me get to the point where I would want to exalt my neighbor and love my neighbor and be there for my neighbor, I probably would have been as ignorant and prideful as I was two or three years ago. But that's like when you look at the body of Christ and you look at the spiritual gifts or you look about any of these things we've talked about, if you can't answer the question, are you a part of this? And your answer is like, well, I do this, or I do this, or I don't want to talk about it. Don't let pride get in the way. Just let it go. And humble yourself before God and just answer the question. Before God, who knows the hearts and the minds? Because here's the reality. If it's his body, he knows if you're in it or not. That's reality. And I hope everyone who listens to this can know, beyond the shadow of doubt, that they belong in the body of Christ. And, you know, we have to be able to be humble in that. It is about the gospel. We're not better than our neighbor, right? The body is the body. And that's like, you know, this process tonight, it's like, you know, I I know a lot of guys and a lot of men throughout history who, like, look at this as some, like, holy moment where the man of God's going to, and all that. No, I'm just a man that's got as many issues as anyone else, but God's gifted me. And so is Josh, and so is Alan. And I love being in a facility that does not try to think of someone higher than their neighbor, but we all preach and teach humility. Because the body of Christ, I mean, what is the foot going to tell the, the mouth? You know what? It's not going to, no one's better. The whole body needs to function as one organism. And, you know, I, I think in this day and age that there is division. I think there's a lot of division that's crept into the true body of Christ. It's like when people are like, what's the true body of Christ? Your church? No. Any Christian, any born-again believer, anywhere, any denomination, any place, they're born again, they're going, they know who they believe in. And, you know, division has crept in heavily. Strife has crept in heavily. So that's that's the bottom. When we talk about this concept, it's not, again, an invasion of privacy or any of that uh, secular uh, mindset or viewpoint. Here's the, here's the, the bottom line. When we talk about the, the holy calling that is placed on a child of God's life, there's power in unity. That unity where we're all in one mind and one accord. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to point my finger at you. I'm here to help. Because guess what? I got plenty to work on myself. Yeah. I, I, you I'm, and me both. I'm not. I'm not got yeah. it all figured out. And the instant that the, through the help and the power that God uh, overcomes something, He reveals something else I can work on. Yeah. And when we get to the point where we think we've arrived, we need to step back and reevaluate ourselves because sin's crept in somewhere. Yes. And, and, and you need to understand that uh, this is just an effort to. Help one another, because guys, there is plenty of work to go around. Mm-hmm. 
And the more efficient we can be, that that unity of the yeah. faith is 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 where that power is found in. And it, and it's even like this morning, right? We had this baptism, and our the service was a little out of order, but nobody knew that it worked. It fell right in the place. It was awesome. We had both ordinances. It was crazy in one service. It was awesome. Baptism and, and the Lord's Supper. And uh, you know, they were trying to do a baptism, and the uh, person that was supposed to be baptized, they didn't know. They thought it was after. So our pastor's just standing over there, you know, we, everything worked out regardless. But it's like this, you know, think about this baptism, right? You've got Ty, right, that's trying, he's playing some music and singing until they come in. Our pastor's focused on his role. The person getting baptized is focused on their role. There's always someone taking a picture, right? And what I love is that opportunity where, you know, um, I get to get a mop, you know, clean up. But in that moment multiple parts taking place but yet for one function the baptism of a young teenage girl and it's like i was thinking i was sitting up there and my mind was all over the place this morning because you know i felt like i miscommunicated the information all this stuff and once we got up with communion you know i was kind of sitting up there i was cleaning this water and you know what i thought i had this thought come to me it's only by god's grace that i can even mop water up in a baptism. And I got overwhelmed. I was like, thank you, God, that you'd let me do something like this for yeah. your name's sake. Yeah. But see, that's the body. That's it, it doesn't matter it. what you do. Nope. It doesn't matter where you serve. Right. It doesn't matter if you're mopping up water in the baptism. Outside, you know, you don't even mop out. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. It's only by God's grace that we're allowed to function in such a way and in such a capacity. And I'm telling you this. Four years, five, six years ago, however long ago, I did not want to come to this church. I'm just being honest. I didn't want to come here. I didn't want any part of it. I had my plan that I was going to live out, and that's how it was going to be. But do you know, it's only, you know, God could have left me in that state, that ignorant, selfish, prideful state. But because He's sovereign and His grace is sufficient and so uh, you know, not partial, right? And, you know, he's not like, oh, well, there's Hunter, you know, he's better than... No. God said, no, this is what you're doing. This is where I've created you to do. And I've saved you, and I've called you, and you're going to go to this church, right? And I, I, I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do youth ministry. I didn't want to be a member of this church, but because God is graceful, it all took place. Why? Because he's on the throne. Right. And when you look at whatever part of the body of Christ you are in or wherever you serve or what spiritual gift you have, listen, it's only because of God's grace that you have that. It's not because you got cool shoes or your last name or any high thought you have of yourself. I want to go ahead and tell you this. Stop. Quit esteeming yourself like you've made it and you have something to offer God. You have nothing to offer a almighty God. And you're like, well, how do you, why do you say that? Jesus had to go to the cross because you aren't anything. Yep. And you have nothing to offer. And he died the, the death you paid or you deserved. And it's kind of like this. You know, we all talk about the physical trauma that Christ took on the cross. I mean, we heard it this morning yeah. during communion. But I don't think people realize, and a lot of people kind of debate about this area, the spiritual anguish that he had I mean you got to think we were bound for hell and so he took the curse and the penalty of all those things 
And you're like, are you saying Jesus went to hell? No, he conquered the grave. He conquered death. He conquered sin. But when he was on that cross and God turned his face away and he literally took on the curse of sin, here's the, 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 the reality. You and I will never comprehend what that feels like. Why? Two things. One, when people die and go to hell, they're going to hell for their sins. Imagine having to go for everyone else's. Whoa, that, that's a lot right there, okay? But let me keep going. Number two, if you're saved, you don't have to experience that. That separation, right, from God. People talk about, oh, hell's going to be awful. It's going to be hurt. You're going to Yes, I get that. But being separated from God for eternity. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's big right there. So now let's jump to the other side of the fence. Okay, Christ dies on the cross physically. He takes death, right? Okay, three days later, he conquers that. He defeats sin, right? He defeats evil. He defeats the grave. And then he ascends back to where the Father is. But you have to think about this. It said that, you know, we, right, we're baptized in his death, therefore we are raised up, right? So we die spiritually because of what he did. So we can die, be born again, right? We're already dead. We're born again and we're saved. We're raised because he's raised. But in this whole thing, it's like, what did we do in that process? Did I climb up on the cross? Did I take on the sins of the whole world? Did I descend and then ascend? No, he did. And because he did, I can sit in this chair in God's grace and be saved. And function in the body of Christ. So quit telling yourself that you're great. Quit telling yourself you're good. Quit telling you, you know, I get I get tired of this whole the best version of yourself mentality that people have. There's no best version of yourself yeah. on this side of eternity. Paul, the most holy, uh, I mean, guy who preached, who was used by God, literally is like my best day. Right, is filthy, filthy rags. rags. You yeah. know, last week I, dung, I heard yeah. I heard a quote from a Puritan, and do you know what he prayed? He said, "I need to repent of my repentance. Why? Because my best and most powerful prayer is still sin filled. Yeah. That's reality. Yeah. And when you look at the body of Christ, and you look at humility, and you look at the salvation that we have, it was all done by the Son of God. And if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't make you thankful, if that doesn't make your reverence towards God increase, so you're like, God, forgive me, right? The publican beating on his chest. I'm the sinner, right? I'm a wretched person. Scripture says in Romans chapter 3, no one is good, no, not one. No one searches God. No one goes after him. But God, right? But God demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, you go to Ephesians chapter 2, we were dead and our sins and our trespasses, and he goes through there. But when you get to the end of that, what does it say? But God... And that's what I love about this body of Christ is it's not the body of Hunter. It's not the body of Stephen Furtick or Kenneth Copeland or all these other jokers on TV. It's the body of Jesus Christ. And you know when God was looking at us like that, he didn't say, well, there's, they, they've got something to offer. Hey, no. there's some, no. yeah. there's he, some talent in that one right there. He I looked, think I, <laughs> hey. No, it's not what we had to offer. We, we didn't can't have, offer anything. We didn't have anything to offer. Not my works. Nothing. Lest you would boast. Nothing. But here's reality. He's the source. He he 
all goodness. Yes. Every flows every, from his throne. He is the source. Every spiritual blessing comes from above. Yep. But think about this. John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice. My voice. Father, be with those that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Be with them. Right when he prayed in John 17. We have nothing to offer. No. And it's like, I, I get tired of hearing people talk about what we can offer God and what we can do and what we can willfully give Him and all, all this stuff. I get it. I get it. But the reality, you wouldn't be able to give up spiritual sacrifices or serve in the temple without His Holy Spirit and we, living talk, within you. We've talked about this even on, on the podcast where we talk about opportunities that we have as individuals throughout the week. Maybe God puts somebody in our path and we got a conversation and... And we think, well, I don't want to do that because it sounds like I'm bragging. I mean, mm-hmm. Hunter was talking about mopping up the floor and God just moving on him. And he was so thankful. And some unlearned person may listen to that and think that Hunter's, it's not bragging because we don't have nothing to brag about. Right. It's not about us. It's not my goodness. It's not my ability. It's the fact that God lives yes. in us and through us. There's nothing to brag about. Nothing to brag about. Because, Absolutely not. Because here's the reality. If you were to go look at that mop job, somebody would say, that's terrible. It ain't about how good it is, brother. No. It's about by faith. Yes. I serve the him. the position of my heart while I'm doing it. I'm telling you. And, and, and you know what? That's one thing about human beings is we're, we're cloaked in flesh, and we're always going to be judgmental. We're always going to have an attitude. We're always going to have an opinion. But the bottom line is God knows my heart. And this is where we go back to that accountability thing where, you know what? I want to be as honest and sincere with my brethren as I am with God. And Come if on. I can't do that, there's a problem. Come on. There's a problem there. And, you know, and when I look at this, it's even like we didn't get to that second part of, like, the spiritual gifts. So that's okay. Because he literally says that we should function. Look, one body, all body parts do not have the same function. We who are many are one body in Christ, individual part. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each one of us is to use. So literally, he's talked about that within the body of Christ, we're different, but we're the same. And what does he mean by we're different? We're gifted differently to the grace that's given to us. He gives as he sees fit, right? But someone might be the best exhorter. Someone might be the best giver. Someone might... But guess what? All of it is for the glory of God, and it meshes together, as Alan just did with his hands. It meshes together for the body of Christ to be edified and lifted up. And that's how all this ties in together. And I I think this has fit so well is because when you look at the body of Christ, one, you've got to be truly saved to be in it. Mm -hmm. But number two, you have to be humble because we're commanded not to exalt ourselves, then our neighbor. We're supposed to love our neighbors, right? Love your brethren. But number three, it don't matter who you are or what part you serve in. Just be thankful you're a part of it. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you this. If you're listening to this, Go study these spiritual gifts. Go listen to these other segments we've covered. Listen to the definition. Say, you know, God, is this what I'm gifted for, right? You're pretty much going to know. You're already interested in those areas. It's already it's already evident. You're doing it probably without even knowing what the title of it is. Act in that. Do not sit. Do not sit. It's kind of like this. If, you know, we had a football team, right, and the best quarterback's just sitting on the bench, everybody's like, why is he not in the game, coach? Why is he? Why are you not in the game? Yep. Why are you not participating? Get off the pew. 
get your hands and your feet dirty. And what do you mean? And you're like, what do you mean by that? Get to work, brother. Get to work. It Mop. don't matter. Mop a floor. Teach a Sunday school class. Go preach a sermon. The Bible says that the fields are white. They're ready for harvest. They're ready for harvest. And see, you know what, Alan? But the labors are few. Here's, a re- here's another thought with that. A lot of people think about the outside. And the fields are white. They're ready for harvest. Can I tell you something? There are people here in this church. Yes, sir. That need Christ. They need the gospel. But guess what? There are male, mall, whatever, nourished people yeah. that come in here and they're hungry, bro. They're, they're wanting something. There, there, there are people they're here, here. Every, every week that are crippled by religion. Yeah. And it's like I made this comment last week in a conversation. Am I burdened for the person on the street or in the restaurant? Absolutely. We need to talk. We need to share the name of Jesus. We need to invite them to come hear the gospel. We need to talk to them, right? That needs to happen. We talk about that a lot in here. But you know here recently, right, I've become so burdened, and it's not about me, but it's my heart, what God's taught me. It's harder for the religious man to get right than it is for the sinner off the the road. And you're like, why do you say that? Because someone who's convinced in their own mind that they are right with God is the same group that killed Jesus. Yep. And I'm telling you, listen, if hard times come and persecution comes for preachers and for pastors... I promise you this. Who's going to be in the midst of selling people out? The religious people. Yep. It's going to happen. Yep. Listen, the the Gentile tax collector didn't kill Jesus. The Pharisee did, and that's what I'm saying. And you could look at you could look at uh, uh, today's society and see how important it is for the Church of the Living God to be actively living out their faith. And we need to. But it's like we kind of—it's almost like we kind of like leave the church and we put our, our gear on, right? We're going to fight the fight. We're going to share the gospel. But it's like when we come here, we kind of just like relax and take everything off. We're like, man, we're making some believers. No, we're not. He said the wheat and the tear would grow together. Right together, yep. And that's the reality. Is like we've have people, and this might just be for our church. I don't know about everywhere <laughs> else, but there's religious people yeah, yeah. that go to church every Sunday morning they give their ten dollar their five dollar tithe however much and then they go back into what they proclaim to be delivered from yeah and i back to bondage and i'm saying listen it's like this saying i don't like playing in the mud but you play in it I, i don't like getting dirty but you go to the get dirty you say you're saved you say you're a part of the body of christ but yet monday to saturday you're out doing all sorts of who knows what, and you're like, Hunter, you're prying, you're being judgmental. No, we're burdened for you. It's, yes, and it's a, we it's, pray for you. It's a, it's a great big deal. It's a huge deal. And when we talk about uh, as as the church goes, so goes, and we look at how the America's going, a nation that God has blessed so much, that God has entrusted with so much, that most of the world looks to to get their definition of Christianity. What are we? What are we representing right now? Well, we're representing confusion and, and, and bickering and division. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And shallow Christianity. And shallow anemic, emotionalist, emotional. Exactly. That has no substance whatsoever. That's why it's so important for the church to be passionate, to be honest, to be yeah. sincere, to be humble, to be uh, committed to service and loving one another. Because at the end of the day, God's holding us who much is given, much is expected. I've, but, heard, I've heard that a lot. God's expecting yeah. us to be that example, to be that light, to yeah. be that salt, to be that difference in America, in and, the world. So Go each ahead. one of us was saved 
by God through him showing us. You know, and the the religious people, the religious crowd that come that might be, you know, raised in it, you know, they, they might have not had really experienced that whole condemnation on their self where they looked at themselves and said, you know what, Lord, um, forgive me because I am that yeah. sinner. They might never have received that yet. Or it could be that they've blinded themselves to it because, you know, they, when they, they did, they were either young or, you know, Maybe. they were looking for somebody else to tell them what. Go ahead. I'm going to kick the door down on this one because God's God's revealing things to me that you can make an emotional decision yep. in your brain. Yes. <laughs> and, and and not from your heart. Two months, it won't be there. Right. It's, it, they talked if about the they talked about the the, the the sow going back to the wallow well, and yeah. the, the dog returning Turn to it its, back to his vomit. That's 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 graphic, ain't it? Yeah. That's graphic. You can look yeah. at you can look at ninety percent of America says that they're Christian. Yeah. And a dog, it's not adding up. A, a dog that vomits will go yeah. right back to it. It's not adding up. A hog that you clean up and, and wash up and put a bow on and put perfume on it, turn it loose, it's going right back to it. it. It's, 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 it's no like, change. It's like saying this. It's like coming in and saying, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He saved me. Okay. But then you're drunk yeah. four days of the week. And you're like, Hunter, that's really judgmental. No, Scripture says a drunkard won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Not going right? to happen. What about that? Whoa, 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 what about that? It's like, you <laughs> know, I, I was glancing on here because uh, the guy I was telling you I'll reach out to, he messaged me back. Now we're having some good conversation. Yeah. Thank God for forgiveness. Yeah, I want to throw that out there. Absolutely, absolutely. But number, it's like I saw a guy was on there. He was talking about, you know, your choice, abortion, your choice. And he's like, you know, my God lets us choose. And it's like my friend, he put a comment. He said, thou shalt not murder Right. By the way, this is in God's word. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like I'm I'm saved. I'm a Christian. Okay, but why does why does the Bible say a drunkard won't enter in? Yeah. Why does it say the adulteress, right? The person yeah. that wants to go sleep with everybody and steal everybody their whole life. Why? Well, Jesus said, if you look at them and lust, you've already committed adultery. But, but here's here's the thing. Yeah. So what's the difference? How, how can we tell the difference? Sanctification. That's it, dude. If you listen, if you, it's like I was talking this morning with a guy. If you look at the parable of the sower the seeds one landed among rocky ground sun came up right we talked about this last week one was on the thorns one was the raven the bird came by that's reality in front of our eyes i've seen so many people make profession of faith and then where are they at they disappear some might say they've they've fallen away no i think they make it they made an emotional decision that was based on no truth except for i'm sad right. and i feel i feel I'm having a tough time right now. Hey, I feel like I need to be saved. Yeah. But no, no, no. It's not that you feel that you need to be saved. You know. You know. And if people would stop basing their faith off how they feel and just base it off what they know, people would grow more. But it's like the drunkard, the adulteress, the homosexual, all these things. It's like, Hunter, why won't they enter in heaven? The, the liar won't enter in heaven. The cheater Right? There's so many different categories in the top three that we always talk about. Why won't they make it? Scripture says there's supposed to be a change in our lives. Where you go from this to this and you never, you don't go back. Right? We talked about that last week. Josh we Josh hit a point and we start talking about not going back to former things. Right? And see, it's even like last week. I talked about God delivering me from the video game life. And then I made a comment about, you know, there's been a couple times I've put games on my phone. And I thought about that. So here's the question, Hunter. Does that you went back into it? 
you said you were delivered, but you went back. No. <laughs> no. When you let something get into your life that's not supposed to be there, and God says to get it out, it's not just a, oh, I'm going to throw it away. It's a conviction. And you and so, you know, me playing a game with a friend or doing this, right? I do that. I'm not going to justify. But there's a huge difference. Because if exactly. you if you would have known me then, right? And I was a Christian then. Yeah. You might listen to this and be like, oh, there ain't no way you're a Christian. You were you were doing this out in the world. You were okay, don't get all high and mighty on me. Let's not let's not point other you know what I'm saying? It ain't about that. Okay. The reality is is I let something become an idol yeah. in my life. Just like scripture talks about all throughout people did, people of God. God had to get that. I gave away. I got rid of my Xbox. I got rid of my gaming systems. I got rid of all of that stuff. Why? Dude. It was a control. I felt controlled. But it wasn't that I was controlled. It was that I was allowing the enemy to come in and distract me. I was allowing my flesh, right? Because scripture says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. He's talking to Christians. So what if you let something in your life? Don't be surprised when it distracts you, right? right? But that's what happened. And so God took that away completely. And here I am. Will I ever get another Xbox or a PlayStation or this or this and start playing those games? Like I, Absolutely not. Why? I have no interest for it. I don't want to go back to that. You kidding me? Yeah. Right? I didn't have a life. I didn't want to do anything. I'm not going back to that. Why? Because God and His grace revealed convicted, reproved, yep. and I repented and turned. I won't go back to that. Yep. And that's reality. But there's a change that's supposed to take place, and you're like, Hunter, what are you, where are you at? That example of turning from that thing was just an example. I was a Christian then. But what about for the lost person? There should be a living example in yep. your life of how yep. Christ entered in and you went from going to the hog mire and a bunch of junk over here, and now you're pursuing Christ more than you ever have. Why? You're not lost anymore. Right. You're not going to whatever that look. Maybe you were saved as a young kid, and you don't have a lot of memory. You're never going back to the way you were before that. It don't matter, bro. And, and here's the thing. Some folks do have a, a, a dramatic Paul conversion that, you know, I'm living a horrible life. God convicts me, and there is a daylight yeah right darkness difference josh has expressed i mean yeah. he's expressed his testimony josh has uh, uh, cody did there's yeah. been uh, several byron come on in and talked about it hey but, but those Ooh. those 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 young ones who whose heart is tender yeah that comes to god and they express their faith in him sometimes that hey that's that change is not as dramatic and not as instinctual but, but there's I, I promise you i was saved when i was 12 and i hadn't been into a whole lot of meanness uh, didn't know what alcohol or Same drugs. Spirit. Didn't know what alcohol or drugs tasted. You know, no yeah. idea. But here's the deal: there was a there was a difference in me, and I could I could. Cody was telling his testimony, and I could tell it. Times in my life where I know, like at school, you, and, and, and historically, I know how I would react in a situation. I couldn't do that anymore. No, that's not me. No, that's you, not of me. Alan, you under you had knowledge of God. You had knowledge of spiritual things. You hadn't. You probably didn't know everything, but you had a desire and a knowledge for God that you didn't have beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. That's only by the grace of God. And it's yeah. like, so here's like with Josh, and we talked about Cody. If you talk to him, how do you know you're saved? 
They'll tell you their testimony. Yep. They'll talk about how it's like this and like this. But do they base it off that moment or the life that they've lived since then? Yep. The life they lived exactly. since then. Exactly right. Brother, listen. Your salvation in Christ is a whole... You look back from where you are now to when you first professed Christ. Yeah. Has your life changed? <laughs> Have you put things away? Hey, listen. We talk about false professions and, and wolves and sheep's clothing. We hear folks that they ain't been to church in 60 years because they had a bad experience yeah. in church. Yeah. You so, know what? So, so. <laughs> Here's what I want to say. If you've stumbled across this podcast. That'd be a good subject. You've, you've not been to church. <laughs> that would be a great. It would be. It would yes. be. And I'll, I'll just say this and we'll, we'll move on. You've not been to church in a long period of time because of an event that happened in church. I want to ask you, why were you going to church in the first place? Yes. And where was your faith lying? Who who, who are you serving? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good <laughs> yeah, subject. We'd, it would be. It would be. That would be a great that, subject. Yes. Because here's here here's some truth. Here's some truth, my friends. There's freedom in Christ. Yes. He said to forgive others as I've forgiven you. Now, brother and sister, you heard that, and you're thinking he's judgmental and bitter, and he, I love you. That comes from a position in my heart that I want you to understand uh, there's value in a relationship with God, and you need to know where you stand with him. But here, here's the thing, and, and I get, like, you know, we anytime we try, we might pursue, like, people might assume we're coming off harsh. We're like, yeah, we're sorry. We're, we're Listen, we're really not, but here's the reality. There's some truth that needs to be shared. I've, yeah. I've got this rug wadded up under my feet. I'm in the I know. That's why there there is some truth that we ha- are convicted about yeah. in this podcast mm. that needs to be expressed because people in this day and age are like, "Well, I love Jesus, but Christ said there'd be many that would come in my name." Yes. Satan, Satan's yes. out there lying to people every day, and they're buying it. Yes. So can. It, we just got off the topic and talking about how inside the congregations across the U.S. there are people that are, are lost, that are tied up in religion, so conforming to religion. But then now we also are coming out of where a situation happens of in either in a church house or maybe out in the street they see somebody engaging in something that the, they associate them with the church and then they withdraw themselves. And here's the deal, guys. I'm not throwing stones because I, literally, personally, I've went through things in church that affected me spiritually that I allowed to hinder me for years. And, I, and I'm not bragging about that. But I want you to understand, through Christ. yes. There's liberty and there's forgiveness and there's the ability to overcome and he will restore you. I promise you that. And and he who started a good work will finish it. Absolutely. And that's the dude, that is reality. When he saves you, he has started a good work that he's going to finish and he's going to perform through you. And it's like, how many people are like, what good work you talking about? There ain't no evidence in my life, but I know it's, so I had a conversation. We're, we're getting an hour and seven minutes. Had a conversation with Gal the other day. And he's telling me, he asked me this question, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, horror movies. Like, does God not like those? And he made this comment. He said, now I'm a Christian. Well, not a full Christian because I haven't been to church in a long time, but I've read Genesis. And I was like, okay. So I said, let me tell you something. Before we even talk about movies, salvation's not based on you coming to church. Right. Salvation's not on your actions. God, it doesn't matter how many books you've read or how many things you've listened to. I said, what it comes down to is your faith in Christ. Have you done that? And he's like, well, I think I have. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I was like, there should be a change in your life. It shouldn't be a thinking process. He said, well, I don't know if I'm truly saved then. 
I said, well, this is how this works. We started, I started at Ephesians 2, dead in sin, dead in tra- John 6, 40, God draws us, right? So the power of the Holy Spirit reveals to us we're lost, reveals to us that we're in need of a Savior. We put our faith in Christ, we're changed, we're saved. And his response was, oh, okay. And he changed the subject. I could have kept prying, yeah. but I'm not going to. You don't to. have to. Why? You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. No. Reality's already hit him. Yes. And what? How he responds? There was a reason he changed the subject. He didn't want. He was done. He's now has to deal with that. But here's the thing, that's what it all comes down to. To be a part of the body of Christ is about your faith in Jesus, yes. and to operate in the spiritual gifts that God gives out. You have to be a Christian to have those. But if you are a Christian and you are a part of the body of Christ, then listen, get to work. Yeah. yeah. Be a part. Don't forsake the assembly, right? Have that desire. Don't be like the Ephesian church. If I could be forsaken, Revelation, right? I have this one thing against you, that you've forgotten your first love. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Because the day you forget that, Peter says you'll come to the point where you're unfruitful and you're ineffective. Why? Because you've totally missed out on how you've gotten to where you are. And I hope that you all have been encouraged through these spiritual gifts. And I know we've talked a lot of, we've kind of talked about how there's a lot of like evaluation that should took place yeah. in your lives. When you read these things, you should examine yourself because if there's some things that aren't evident, we've got some other things that need to be talked about, right? But here's the thing. If gracious God who graciously saves us and starts a work and equips us and gifts us for that work, for what? That we could serve him. Wow. Yep. The natural mind, our minds, mm-hmm. it's hard to fathom that idea. Why? Because we're awful. Dude, we're wretched. Mm-hmm. But God, in his love, right? He demonstrated his love that while we're listeners, Christ died for us. And now we can serve and live and exist in the body of Christ. But here's a wonderful thought. One of these days, this body of Christ is going to have a reunion. Yep. And it's going to be where he is. Yep. And we're going to get to take the supper with him. We're going to get to eat with him, right? I don't know about you all, but I've talked about this. There's some days I look up. I'm like, Lord, I just want to see you. I want to meet you, right? Mm -hmm. I want to shake your hand. I want to encounter you like these disciples wrote about. Why? Because he's the head of the house. He's the head of the body. He is my first love. And if you can't say that for yourself... You've got some other questions. You You've got some other thoughts. If you can't say that, uh, here's some more ironclad logic for you. It's going to happen. Yeah. Either by death or by him coming back. Whatever happens. he It's going to happen. So uh, the bottom line is, what's my spiritual condition like? Am I am I living in anticipation? Am I am I ready for that, or does that strike fear? Does that hey, thought strike fear in me? Right. Hey, if he came back right now, what condition are you in? Yeah, yeah. exactly. 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 How how's he know? It's about time for invitation. Hey, <laughs> and then here's here's the thing. Here's the thought: is that everybody like if Christ were to walk into the church, every church on Sunday morning, and go up to every person, right? What condition would you be found in? He already knows your mind and your heart right now. Yeah, Why right. are you waiting? Exactly. Why? Right. Exactly right. Why would you not fall on your face before a holy God and cry out to Him in the way that you are, are drawn to Him by whether you're Christian or you're not? Because, I mean, ironclad, you know, here's some more. If you know you're lost, 
Put your faith in Christ and repent and be saved. Yeah. Yep. There it is, yep. right there. there. Is. That's logic. That is logic. And I'm telling you, it is one of those things that when you get into the Word of God, it is refreshing. You know, one of the psalmists paints this idea of a deer panning for water and getting it, right? As the deer pants for water, I, I, I desire you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is that evident in your life? That's a thought. That's a thought. Do you desire the Christ? Because, listen, there's so many names in the Bible for the Lord. I mean, you get into, like, especially like the Jehovah Ra, you get into all these different forms. The I Am, right? He, The way he describes himself, the bread from heaven, the living water, the one who gives peace, right? The light, all, all these things. But here's what I love. All of them represent some need being fulfilled, not in an earthly sense, but in a heavenly sense. Mm-hmm. He said, eat of this bread, you won't be hungry. Drink of this water, you won't be thirsty. Your eyes blind, you need to see. I'll give you sight. All you uh, heavy laden, heavy burden, right? I'll give you rest. What did he say? Just as the serpent was raised up, the Son of Man must be... I'll save you from what's around you. All of it is in this context of Christ being Messiah. Emmanuel, God with us. And you know, I feel bad for people. I feel bad for the Pharisees that killed him. Now, you know, we could get in the conversation. Sovereignty, right? There, there's some predestination work in that. Yeah, yeah, Scripture talks about that. At an appointed time, God sent forth His Son through a virgin. Yeah, there was. But here we are. The New Testament church. Wow, it's amazing. And the message of the gospel is free. The free gift of God. And think about those who are going to trample that under their foot. Yeah. And want nothing yeah. to do with that. Hey, Jesus looked at the Pharisees. You know what he said? He said, it'll be worse for you all than for Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. It'll be worse for you all than all these other countries. Imagine turning away a free gift from a holy God. I don't know about you all, but every knee will confess. Bow, every tongue will confess. Yep. Everybody. In heaven, under heaven, wherever. And I hope that everyone listens to this understands one or two things. They're a part of the body of Christ or they're not. Or they understand they have spiritual gifts or they have none. And if you're on the none side, there's a Savior who's freely calling. Jesus is calling, right? Songs we sing throughout the ages. But if you're a Christian, you are a part of the body of Christ. You have spiritual gifts. What condition are you in right now? Here's a question. I'm going to be asked this tonight. Are you obeying the gospel? How are you obeying the gospel in your life? That's a, that's a big question. So, listeners, how would you answer that right now? Listen to this and think about it. Write it down. Whatever you want to do. Talk to us if you want to talk to us about it. How are you obeying the gospel in your life right now? And if you don't have an answer, I pray you find one. I pray you figure something out. But here's the thing. If you do have an answer, amen. Yeah. Keep shoot, fighting the fight. Yeah, shoot yeah. us an email. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, Josh, you want to pray for everybody? Let's Absolutely. pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for this conversation and the the, the provoking of hearts and thoughts and minds, Lord, that uh, just to, to, be, to see your word and to see what the standard is that you have laid out before us, Lord, and that 
to 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 be one to can correct us and to guide us and direct us and into the way we go and the the way that we treat others and the, the the to share the love of you with all those around us and to to encourage and uplift uplift lord we pray for each and everyone listening to this message today and this uh that, that, that you know where their heart is, Lord, and that they just deal with what has been put in front of them to 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 look at themselves, to reevaluate your word and their life against your word, Lord, to see where exactly they stand. Lord, for those that are listening out there that have not yet been drawn, Lord, I just I pray that there's a drawing that comes to them that they can understand and they can see who they are apart from you. Lord, we... Uh, we pray that you be with us as we continue on through this day and through this uh, this week. And uh, with this stuff and the information that we have now been exposed to, Lord, and how we make it applicable to our lives, how we treat the others that we come in contact with and the people that we share life with. Are we showing them you, Lord? Are we showing them that the, the love that you have so graciously poured into our lives? Are we making that difference? And allowing them to see you through our actions, through our speech, through our, the way we conduct. Lord, be with us as we, and most importantly, Lord, thank you for the gift that you have so graciously given, the gift of salvation, and the work that you have done. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, y'all have anything else? God bless. God bless. God bless. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Mm-hmm.